Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the May 23rd edition of Speedway Digest. Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 162 of the series, and since I just pressed play on my intro, I'm expecting it to interrupt me any second now. Anyway, yes, we are considering 162, even though 161 went down. Hi, this is Jason Vines, author of What Did Jesus Drive? And you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. He's probably going to say it one more time. So, Hi, this is Jason Vines, author of What Did Jesus Drive? And you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Let's hope those are the only technical remnants of the night. I know that probably aren't, but we are going to hope anyway. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, we'll be delving into the wonderful world of competitive eating. At five foot three inches tall on the outside and six foot twelve inches tall on the inside, Mary Bowers is one of Major League Eating's most recognizable personalities. Orphaned at birth, Mary was adopted by a multicultural family and raised in the eastern plains of Colorado. Surrounded by an abundance of potatoes, corn, and cows, Bowers grew to discover that the small town food festivals of their childhood were an unexpected Hi, source of inspiration. Hi, this is Jason Vines, author of What Did Jesus Drive? And you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. I did only push the button twice, I assure you. After a brief detour through Arizona, Mary found her way to California, where she caught the attention of the fashion industry and began modeling for brands like Kika Paprika, Brick Boy Fashions, and Red Tag Crazy. In 2011, she made her debut in the competitive eating stage at the West Coast Hot Dog Eating Championship in Orange County, California. Less than one year later, she became one of the top 50 professional eaters in the world, entering the Major League Gaming ranks at number 47. Mary made sports history as the first ever woman's wild card competitor in the 97-year history of the Nathan's Famous International Hot Dog Game Contest on July 4, 2012 in Brooklyn, New York. Since then, the foodie fashionista has appeared on ESPN, Fox News, CBS News, and Playboy TV, and has been featured in publications such as Marie Claire in Australia, the Los Angeles Times, and the Goshi Register, among many others. She's also been featured in, in Palm Beach Happening when I did the Masters of Mastication series, and she helped me out quite a bit with that. 
When not working, Bowers gives her time to charitable causes. She's been recognized by the U.S. House of Representatives, the State Senate of California, and the City of Los Angeles for her efforts in nutrition education and hunger relief. We are now pleased to hopefully welcome Mary Bowers back to the program, and let's hope there aren't any more technical issues this evening, at least nothing major. Hello, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Got a few little computer weird things, but other than that, we're we're doing okay. At least the connection seems okay now. So, First off, congratulations on qualifying for the nation's famous hot dog eating contest. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you qualify for that event? Oh, yes. Yeah. So each year, uh, all of the people that you see on ESPN on the broadcast on the 4th of July have to win their round. That goes for the men, that goes for the women, and the top uh, the top person in each round from, I believe, qualifying cities around the country um, earn their position for the finals on the 4th of July to uh, compete at the big show. A big prize for the for the finals is $10,000, so definitely going to give it my best uh, come July 1st. And uh, does being a professional eater ever ruin certain food for you? Uh, there are certain foods where uh, I uh, limit my consumption to uh, once a year, and that might be at the contest. Uh, thankfully, hot dogs I still enjoy from time to time, so uh, I will still uh, indulge on those uh, throughout the year. But other things I probably will reserve just uh, for the, the contest so I can keep my edge. And how many eating events do you compete in every year? I I think the most I've done in a season is about a dozen. Uh, typically, Major League Eating season runs uh, kind of in line with baseball. Uh, so we'll start up in the spring and then uh, run through uh, the, the mid-fall. And uh, so our, our – uh, our season is looking good. Lots of exciting events coming up. Uh, next up for me is the World Donut Day uh, Eating Championships. Uh, we'll be in San Diego at uh, the USS Midway eating uh, donuts on June 7th. What's your absolute favorite food? I love cotton candy because it's like eating clouds from the sky. It's pink, which is also a signature color, but... Uh, I, I received, I think, 13 different flavors of cotton candy from one of my friends for my birthday one year, and I think it was probably the best gift I've received. But don't tell that to uh, any of the boys because then they'll stop buying jewelry. So, uh, yeah, cotton candy, hands down. How do you prepare for an eating contest? Uh, one bite at a time. So I, I think uh, it's probably a big misconception that competitive eaters will train by eating large quantities of food. Um, while that's sometimes true, that's not really the case. It's like training for any other sport. So you break it down into parts and pieces. Some days you're focused on technique, other days capacity, sometimes endurance. Um, and the, the better your physical fitness in general, the better you're going to do in the contest. So um, I'll do things like cardio and resistance training just like other athletes. So uh, competitive eating, I, I think, is uh, really gaining recognition as a, a valid sport, and uh, I think we've uh, proven that over, over the last several years, and uh, there's some really great up-and-coming talent as well. 
for the past few years, I've had the the opportunity to check out the uh, the corn eating contest here held at the Sweet Corn Fiesta at the South Florida Fair. There's a lot of different guys who do some different techniques there. Some of them do a they do more of a shimmy thing. Other people just slam the corn through their teeth and drink lots of Kool Aid and all sorts of other sticky things. What sort of tricks do you use to to be a better professional eater? Well, it really depends on the food. So I'll try and familiarize myself with the food the best that I can. Sometimes that is just uh, breaking the food down. So, um, for instance, with hot dogs where it comes in two different parts, you have the meat and you have the bun. Um, I'll play with just the sausage or I'll play with just the bun. There was one uh, practice that I had that was not a very long practice. I just wanted to find out why the buns were slowing me down as much as they were. So I put a bun in a blender with a little bit of water to liquefy it. So that way I could uh, get a better sense of, uh, I guess, as wine snobs would say, the bouquet of the bun. Um, and I, I found that that was actually what was the, the issue, was the scent uh, once it was in my mouth. So uh, sometimes it's the surprising things where you learn the most. Uh, didn't consume a lot because uh, drinking bun water is not especially pleasant and uh, doesn't do much in terms <laughs> of technique, but uh, it was definitely an informative uh, informative day for me. You mentioned some of the, that there's some up-and-coming people this year. Who's your favorite going into the contest for overall? Uh, favorites, go- uh, favorites going into the contest, I, I think the dark horse in uh, pretty much every – Every contest, always uh, just very interesting. Jeff Esper has been at it for several years. Um, not one that the crowds tend to watch at the beginning of a contest. He tends to be um, very calm in his eating style. So uh, when you mentioned that there are certain athletes who will shimmy and jump and, and wiggle the whole time, uh, Jeff is just a very, very calm, steady eater, does not cause a lot of drama. And so at the end of the contest, when he's eaten twice as much as uh, the next person uh, in the, the finishing uh, order, it, people are always incredibly surprised. But uh, I, I think he's definitely one to watch. Um, there's also, of course, favorites coming back. Um, Badlands Booker is there every single year. I, I know he's definitely a crowd favorite. And, uh, of course, the, the great Joey Jaws Chestnut, uh, have to credit him for uh, bringing so much attention and positivity to the sport. What's your goal for the uh, hot dog eating uh, Hot dogs, I'd, I'd really like to hit 15. Uh, personal best right now is 12 in the 10-minute contest. Um, it can be incredibly challenging to post some of the higher numbers in New York just because it's a incredibly uh, difficult uh, conditions outside. Usually um, the weather is a factor, just like uh, watching something like a, a horse race where uh, the, the track will vary depending on the weather conditions. So New York on the 4th of July, it's, it's always hot. It's usually humid, and that uh, affects the consistency quality of the buns. And, of course, uh, the the travel and, and press schedule for that event being so large uh, can also uh, add to some of the uh, the challenges of the event. So um, definitely still working hard at uh, trying to uh, up my game, increase my endurance, and really be ready this time around. 
I know you have a you have your own company that focuses on stuff outside of the, the eating realm. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do there? Yeah, so um, Eat Be Merry is my company, and uh, it started as a response to competitive eating fans uh, in meet and greets after contests. I was getting a lot of questions and a positive response. One, to uh, the fashions that I was wearing. I, I do dress up in food-themed costumes in honor of uh, the food discipline of the day uh, for every contest. So I was receiving questions about that, but I, I was also receiving uh, some interest in terms of just food in general, and so really wanted to put something together that was responsive to those, uh, to those fans. So I have uh, taken up uh, some public speaking, and I, I give presentations and keynote speeches at conferences and to businesses on how competitive eating and the mindset of a competitive eater can uh, really help anybody in terms of mentality and success in life, even if you're not uh, going to compete in uh, my particular sport. There, there are other ways to apply it in business and um, or even at home, I think, um, just in terms of learning skills like flexibility, adaptability, uh, endurance. Uh, there's there's quite a bit uh, to be said for the mindset of competitive eaters. And if people are interested in learning more about you, where would they go? Uh, my website is eatbemary.com, or you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at eatbemary. Well, we'd like to thank you very much for coming on the show this evening and, and uh, wish you lots of luck in, in your next contest as well as in the hot dog eating contest on July 4th. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Once again, that was Mary Bowers of Eat Be Merry. She's on the, the International Federation of Competitive Eating Circuit. She competes in roughly a dozen different challenges per year. And we'd like to thank you very much for coming on the program and for rescheduling after last week's debacle that we had on the program. Sometimes that happens. Fortunately, that was the first time we've had that many issues of the year. And I'm knocking on my little press board fake wood desk here and hoping that that is the last time that sort of thing will happen for a long time. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track, mem track owner? Maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport. Contact either Michael Morali or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, you deserve your 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. We're currently working on a few different ideas for some future guests. We've got the, uh, the chance of talking to some people after the Indianapolis 500-mile race in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're hoping, and this is a big hope, we've mentioned it before, that to have Sebastian Bourdais on the program in the next couple of weeks to talk about the Indy 500 and well as the rest of the IndyCar season. And a little bit about the Karting for Kids Championship, which he is one of the chairs of. So hopefully we'll get that, get that to happen. I have faith that that will be pretty cool. Let's go ahead and listen to a musical selection from Ron Pastana and the pit crew. While we're moving on to the next segment, this is Last When You Crash.
And that was Last and Crash by Ron Pilton and the Pit Crew. Hopefully it'll be a safe weekend of racing for all the sporting people that are involved in the racing world this weekend. The month of May is the height of racing season, as we all know. And this weekend is no exception. And Radio All Sports Clay found the perfect setup combination this afternoon during single car qualifying at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway as Robert Guinness. McGinnis led the Indianapolis-based team to an emphatic sweep of the top four starting positions for tomorrow's Freedom 100 presented by Cooper Tires. McGinnis, age 19, from New York, New York, will start the pole position from the drool in the crown of the Indy Lights presented by Cooper Tires season at the start 2.5-mile Brickyard Oval with teammate Oliver Skew from Jupiter, Florida alongside on the front row. Ryan Norman of Aurora, Ohio, and Indianapolis native Andretti, making his Indy Lights debut for his uncle Michael's team, will share row two of the grid tomorrow. Andretti has an awesome team, if you haven't figured that out. Jared Andretti has Robin Pemberton, the former head of the National Association of Stock Car Auto Racing, as his crew chief, which is pretty awesome, and it'll definitely be a change. I'm sure Jared Andretti has amazing things in his near future. Championship leader Ryan Rhinus VK from Hoofdarn, Netherlands, will start a lowly ninth for you coaster racing. Overnight rain and thunderstorms caused track activities to be delayed little this morning, but the weather conditions from their back to ensure the Indy teams were able to complete their scheduled 45 minutes of practice in advance of qualifying. McGinnis, who claimed his first pole and race win two weeks ago on the Indianapolis Grand Prix road course, laid down a marker by posting the fastest lap of 48, 45.835 seconds for an average speed of 196.449 miles per hour. Warm and humid atmosphere conditions allied to a blustery wind this afternoon that led several teams scratching their heads and sure slower speed for qualifying. But while some teams struggled, the first sign that Andretti Allsport had found the sweet spot for their stable Delara AR-IL-15s came when Andretti, running third as the qualifying order was set by the reserve championship positions, jumped immediately to the top with a two-lap average of 192.822 miles per hour. Norman, who took the track sixth in line, was the first to eclipse Andretti's mark with a two-lap run at 193.033 miles per hour. Then, after the two began racing team, healthy drivers David Malukas from Chicago, Illinois, and Eggersman Toby Sowery posted respective averages of 191.304 miles per hour and 192.178 miles per hour. It was McGinnis' turn to take over the top. His first lap was the first to top the 194-mile-per-hour mark, and while his second lap was fractionally slower at 193.992 miles per hour, it was comfortable enough to establish himself at the top with only team at Askew and BK yet to make their two-lap runs. Askew's first lap was fractionally quicker than McGinnis's. Albar Malukas, who had unable, who'd been unable to turn any meaningful laps during his practice due to mechanical problem, his second lap wasn't quite fast enough to prevent McGinnis from claiming his second pole of the season. VK, the final runner, managed the two-lap average 192.124 miles per hour. Mere fractions adrift to Bunkos Racing teammate Dalton Callett and Sowery. Good enough for only ninth on the grid. 
but if there was any cancellation, it's two hours from up consistent. Separated by a scant 0.009 miles per hour of the entire field. Current NBC Sportsnet NTT IndyCar Series television broadcast analysts and former Indy Lights champion Townsend Bell and Paul Tracy will give a command to start engines for tomorrow's Freedom 100, presented by Cooper Tires at 12.55 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. The green flag for the 40-lap race will be waved by two-time Indianapolis former champion and current race IndyCar race steward Ari Leyendijk at 1.05 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Now, it's kind of interesting that they have the race that early in the afternoon on a Friday. I'm not complaining. I will probably be home in time to watch it tomorrow as we've had a relatively short period, a relatively short days lately here at in South Florida for my other primary job. So this will be kind of cool to see that. Um, it's always really neat to see the other activity that takes place at the Indy 500 on Fridays as well. They've got the Carburation Day for the IndyCar Series. Um, which is where they do their, their final minute, their last minute practice and some adjustments on the cars. They also have the pit practice, which is sort of like a pit competition, sort of like what they did for the All-Star Race a few years ago when the pit, the pit guys had their own little competition. I'm kind of hoping that NASCAR will bring that back in some time in the future, but they haven't been interested lately. Um, but it's kind of neat to see how the, how the pit guys go there in IndyCar. They are really, really fast especially compared to some of the NASCAR guys, but they are a different, different breed of, of uh, pit people as well. So it's kind of cool to see that sort of thing. Um, I do not know the time that that will be on television tomorrow. I know it will be tele- televised tomorrow, whether it's on NBC Gold, which is their online subscription service, or NBC Sportsnet. I'm hoping it's on NBC Sports. Um, there's also the this weekend the... Uh, Coca-Cola 600 takes place in Charlotte at the Charlotte Moore Speedway in Concord, North North Carolina. Um, That is an all-day event. Um, Actually, tonight, as I speak, they've got on-track activity there in Charlotte uh, at 9 p.m. tonight. The ARCA race is taking place there at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. So be sure to tune into that as soon as this program is finished. Actually, I think this program will be done a little bit sooner this evening, but we'll see about that. Um, so, unfortunately, Michael Mullally is unable to join us this evening as she has other other things to take care of there in Efredo, Washington. But she will be back next week, and we're hoping to have a little bit larger group of guests next week. Hopefully, somebody to help us review the Indy 500, whether it, whether it turned to one of the drivers or I bring in uh, possibly one of the people who I've talked to in the past from the IndyCar Sports Car Podcast. Um, so that would be cool if we could do that. Melissa Linker, of course, has been on the program to discuss that in the past. So we're hoping that we can do that. Um, we're also hoping to have some more people on in the near future to discuss other events coming up on the NASCAR as well as the the sports car schedules. Um, we also have a, an arrangement that we've worked out with some of the the Formula teams, as well as the Trans Am teams, to have their people on, as evidenced by past shows, where we were able to talk to the champions from those series, the recent race winners. So we hope to do that in the near future as well. I'll return to that. Um, as well as there's some local events going on that we might try and, and reach out once again to the track people there to try and get some people to talk to regarding local motorsports events here in South Florida. 
on that note, we're going to have the Super Chevy Show showing place, taking place there at Palm Beach International Raceway on Saturday. Um, I did recently just purchase tickets for that event. Um, so I'm going to be heading out there probably Saturday afternoon, maybe late afternoon, because I know that they've got racing that goes on until a little bit early evening. Um, so I'm hoping to head out there probably 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. I'll be sharing some pictures of that more than likely on the Facebook page for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder. I might even share a little bit of that on on SpeedwayDigest.com in the Racing News section. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes because um, they don't send me as much stuff as I think they should from Palm Beach International, but that's a whole different deal there. So, again, we're trying to reach out to local tracks, local officials, and see how things go. Um, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Another thing that's going on this weekend, of course, is the Grand Prix of Monaco. That takes place early in the morning here, local time. Um, so that'll be the first thing that's on the air on Sunday. Uh, it's a full day of racing, as we stated before. The first race, of course, will be on ESPN. That'll be the Grand Prix of Monaco. I believe that's at like 9 a.m. I did post that to my Twitter page earlier today. The next thing will be the Indy 500. And the day ends in Charlotte with the Coca-Cola 600. It will be a great weekend of racing. It's always a great weekend of racing around Memorial Day. And we hope that it'll be a clean thing of racing and there won't be any issues whatsoever. So let's go ahead and, and wrap up this week's show. And thank you very much for listening. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at SpeedwayDigestRadioNetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at SpeedwayDigest.com. We have posted some new news in the racing news as well as Speedway news sections in the past few days. There's also full coverage taking place of the Coca-Cola 600. And there's a little bit of extra coverage about Indianapolis this year because it appears that Speedway Digest actually has someone who's at the track every so often. So that's kind of interesting to get their perspective. Be sure to check that out at SpeedwayDigest.com. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at my fairly new site now for Borplum's Fantastic Finds. We're getting new stuff every day. You can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and by heading to HTTP slash slash for Borplum's Fantastic Finds. That's F-A-B-O-R-P-L-U-M-B-S-F-U-N-T-A-S-T-I-C F-I-N-D-S dot WordPress dot com. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to getting again, seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a great night, and thanks again. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.